0: I'm once again glad that we are once again passing around the offering plates again. And it's something that is very good to see. But most importantly, it's, I feel that it's a very important act of worship. So it's good to once again be doing that. I feel like it's a new beginning that our church is once again implementing things once again. And speaking of new beginnings, on this first day of January... It should come to no surprise to us that each year, millions of people make New Year's resolutions. How many of us may made New Year's uh, re- resolutions already? Have some of us already done that? And, and we make New Year's resolutions in hopes that it will produce the positive change that we want in our lives. And um, I wonder if some of us, even year after year, even have recurring themes that focus more on health and fitness and improvement of our finances and maybe even learning something new, you know, taking on a new skill, you know, learning something new or taking on a new project or any other new endeavor. And I'm willing to bet that more, more than a couple of, of these top 10 that I'm about to discuss with you might even look familiar to us, but the top 10 New Year's resolutions Number 10 is to read more, to read more. Number nine is to travel more. Number eight is to spend more time with family and friends. Number seven is to quit smoking. Number six, save more money or spend less money. Number five, Live life to the fullest. That one's off abroad, isn't it? Number four is learn a new skill or hobby. Number three is get organized. Number two is lose weight. And number one, surprise, surprise, is to exercise more. And all this was according to a 2021 study that, that was published in the Journal of Clinical Psychology. And 46% of the people who, who the interviewed and who made these New Year's Eve resolutions happened to be successful, 46% of them. Now this was a 2021 study That means that over half of the people who set a goal for 2021 failed. And despite the best of intentions, once the glow of a fresh new year wore off, many people struggled to make good on their plans. And and it is sad that so many of us start off with resolutions or goals only to abandon them because we may lose momentum. We might lose focus, we, we lose interest, or let's be honest, life happens and our goals or our priorities change. And it's kind of interesting how imperfect our plans are. How many of us start the new year off with, with what we feel is an elaborate or even a good plan, only that our plans change? And, and 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 the reason for that is simple you see God's plan is different and the good thing is even though our plans change at times God's plan does not i'm thankful for that this morning in in the book of second corinthians chapter 5 everybody get your bibles out here second corinthians chapter 5 Verses 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, but behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself I feel it fitting that I'm going to be talking about a new beginning this morning, the very first day of 2023. We're going to take a look at how through Jesus alone, God makes us a new creation and that it is his plan, not our plan. So I'm going to get right to it. The first way that God makes us a new creation is that through Jesus, we are regenerated. Through Jesus, we are re- regenerated. Once again, Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "Therefore, if anyone one is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away; behold, the new has come." And what's cool is this is a promise for everyone, not just to a few sh- short people. And it doesn't matter what class or what race or what nationality or what language we speak or thank goodness what our level of intelligence is. All of us have the ability to be a new, excuse me, opportunity to be a new creation in Jesus. And we need to understand that that this promise is for those in Christ because we need to adhere to that promise, to his promise. And the Apostle Paul is teaching us the great principle of regeneration. You see, it is Jesus who changes us. It is Jesus who changes us. We are saved, not only just forgiven, and we are changed into a new creation. You see, after we meet Jesus, we're not the same person anymore. He makes us into something different. It is Charles Spurgeon who once said, It is unfair for us to expect those who are not in Christ to live as if they were a new creation. However, it is not unfair to expect a changed life from people who say that they are Christians. I know no language, I believe there is none, that can express a greater or more thorough and more radical renewal than that which is expressed in the term a new creature. And we need to have a firm understanding that being a new creation doesn't mean that we are in fact perfect. Because God is still working on us each and every day because we do not have it all figured out. It means that we are changed by Jesus and that we are being changed daily. On a daily basis, you see, getting to know Christ and getting closer to Christ, it is a continual process. This is only something that God alone can do in us. And notice I said, in us. And this is not just simply making New Year's resolutions or setting goals, you know. I'm sure some of us have even heard the term, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to get my act together. But on a more serious note, and let's think about this. Hear me out. Doesn't it take a whole lifetime for us to get our lives together and and to get our act together? Because it's a continual process. The life of a new creation is not something God does for us. He's just not going to up and just grant us you know, our, our, our wish to be perfect. He's just not going to give it to us. It's something that he's going to do within us to make us stronger. It's all a process. Ephesians four twenty-two through 24 t- tells us this. To put off our old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Living as this new creation, it is something God works in us using our very will and yes, even our choices. Because they change. We must be willing to be challenged to live this new life as this new creation. All this is God's work in us. That we must be willing to submit to his perfect will. Abandon our will. Our plans. And want God's will. Revelation 21 5 says this. And he who was seated on the throne said. Behold I am making all things new. Also he said write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. He said he was making things new, but also he said in a very commanding voice, write this down. These words are are worthy and true. And it's obvious that God is definitely doing new things in our lives. I think we learn new things every day and every week. You know why? Because we are not only mended, you see. We are regenerated into something new. We change which only God Himself can take full ownership of. Only God Himself can look on one day and say, It is good. You, you see, through Jesus we have regeneration. When it, when when we look at Scripture, did we notice something interesting? The woman at the well Zacchaeus, each of the apostles, Paul, Jesus didn't change. They changed because they were regenerated. And that's that's what God wants from us today. He wants to regenerate us. Through Jesus, we have been regenerated. The second way that God makes us a new creation this morning is through Jesus. We are reconciled. We are reconciled. In our text this morning, 2 Corinthians five eighteen through 19, it says this. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. While Paul is writing to to the Corinthian Christians, he is also wanting us this morning to understand that this work of of a new creation are the works of God alone. Not something that we have to earn ourselves or even purchase. And it was God himself who, who initiated this reconciliation. It was God himself. And I find something very interesting here. I find something very interesting because when Jesus cried out, it is finished, you see a spectacular transaction occurred. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute because you see what made this interesting is that God is the innocent party here. Here. in in this reconciliation because he did not sin god is the innocent party in this estranged relationship between creator and his creation you see it was god who chose to be reconciled to us it was he who desired our reconciliation first and god did this through jesus and he was not ignoring his holy justice or even ignoring our sin for that matter, and, and our rebellion. He orchestrated this reconciliation through his amazing righteous sacrifice of love. And this is what's interesting about it. This wonderful transaction that that occurred. God set upon Jesus all the guilt and wrath that our rebellion, our selfishness, and our evil desires, our sin deserved. It was Jesus alone who bore it on himself perfectly. Totally satisfying the justice that God demanded. Paid our debt. I'm sure this was the very cup. The cup of God's righteousness and his wrath. That Jesus was dreading so badly. As we read in Luke 22 verses 21 through 22, it said, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away and knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. If you are willing to remove the cup because Jesus knew what was to come, yet he still submitted to to God's will. In the book of Psalm, chapter 78, or excuse me, 75, verse 8, the psalmist said, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup with foaming wine, well mixed, and he pours out from it, and all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down the dregs. The prophet Isaiah wrote in chapter 51, verse 17, he said, Wake yourself, wake yourself, stand up, O Jerusalem. You who have drunk from the hand of the Lord, the cup of his wrath, who have drunk to the dregs, the bowl, the cup of staggering. And finally, the, the prophet Jeremiah wrote in chapter 25, verse 15. Thus the Lord, the God of Israel said to me, take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. sure we can understand why jesus was not very excited to partake of this cup but it was on the cross that jesus became our replacements because you see we were once enemies of god jesus took our place who himself was forced to drink the cup of of the lord's fury so we would not have to drink that cup Enduring eternal punishment for our sin. Jesus was punished as if he were a sinner. However, was not. And by doing so, he performed the most holy service to God that was ever offered. He performed the most holy service. Again, the prophet Isaiah writes in chapter 53, verse 10. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offering. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. It was not the suffering of the son that pleased the father. It wasn't Jesus suffering that pleased God. What pleased God was the accomplishing of saving his creation. Saving us. But let's understand something very important. The penalty of our sin, yes, was placed upon Jesus. And that satisfied God's judgment upon us. However, it did not excuse it. It does not give us an excuse to to continue sinning. Or to just sit back and let life go by. You see... We have to do our part too. Now that we have been reconciled, are we willing to seek Christ every day in our lives? Is that something new in in the year 2023 that we are going to change? Through Jesus, we have been reconciled. Yes, Jesus did his duty. Now it's time for us as Christians to do ours. And, And this leads me to our third point today. The third way that that God makes us a new creation is through Jesus. We are now recruited. We've been regenerated. We've been reconciled. And now we have been recruited. Again, in our text, chapter 5, verses 28 through 21, it says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ Be reconciled to God. For our sake, He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, the Apostle Paul is seeing himself as serving in a foreign land, as a representative to Christ, as an ambassador. Because you see, Jesus has a message. For him, and Paul is delivering that message, and Jesus is pleading through him. In other words, as Christ's ambassadors, those who have been regenerated and reconciled, it is now our jobs now to deliver Christ's message. Let me take a few moments and and explain what an ambassador's job is. You know, you know. uh, what the duties of an ambassador is. Their duty is to, not, is to not to speak to please those who they deliver the message to. But to please the one who sent them. It is not in their own authority that, that ambassadors are speaking. Rather because their opinions and, and, and their demands mean very little. The ambassadors simply say what they have been charged or commissioned to report. However, ambassadors are more than mere messengers. We are more than mere messengers because the honor and the the reputation of the one who sent them, who sent us, are in our hands. We represent Christ each and every day. Whether we're at work, whether we're at school. We are Christ ambassadors. And the reputation of he who has sent us rests upon us. As an ambassador, Paul is issuing a direct plea to be reconciled to God. And, and then makes it clear that the work of reconciliation does not work apart from our will and our choice. We have to choose it. And this might raise a question to us. Who then is reconciled to God? Who are the ones that are reconciled? And the answer is this. The ones who respond to Jesus' plea through those who are his ambassadors. We are the ones who are in the wrong. We are the ones who have sinned. We are the ones who are in need of rescue. And when we are regenerated and reconciled, we are recruited as ambassadors To deliver that message of Christ to others. Jesus' mission has now become our mission. It's our church's mission. Christ our message, souls our mission. That is what we've become. And it is now our job to do the work of reconciliation between man and God. It's not our job to do that. Because that is something that we cannot fulfill. Because only Jesus can do that. And he has already done the work. It is our duty to embrace and receive the good news. And then go and recruit others to do the same. Sound familiar? In Matthew 25 verses 19 through 20. I love this. This is Jesus speaking. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So yes, he has recruited us to take that message. But also he's saying, I'm even gonna help you do it. I'm gonna guide you. Through Christ we are regenerated and reconciled. Then we are recruited. To go and recruit others so that they too may, re, may be regenerated and reconciled as well. What a plan. What a wonderful, unchanging plan that's, that is still going strong today. I'm going to conclude this morning. On the cross, there was presented a very lopsided trade. Let's just be honest. If a trade like this would would have been implemented in the business world or even in the sports world, it would have been laughed at. Because you see, let me explain just how exactly lopsided this trade was. You see, Jesus takes our sin. He takes what's bad about us. And he gives us his righteousness. What a tremendous exchange, all prompted by the very love of God. You see, he wants to take our baggage, our imperfections, our drama, our filth, our selfishness, our lies, and our lack of priorities. And he wants to exchange them for something better. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this. Jesus is in the redeeming business. Jesus is in the business of regeneration and the business of reconciliation. But Jesus is also all about turning us from enemies of God and recruiting us as his ambassadors. A a London businessman by the name of Lindsay Clegg, he 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 told this great story about a a warehouse property that he was trying to sell. You see, the building had been emptied for quite some time, and it was in desperate need of repairs. And you see, vandals had damaged the doors and broken out the windows, and there was trash everywhere. This building was in terrible shape. It looked terrible. And as he showed this property to a prospective buyer, Mr. Clegg took pains to say that he would then replace The broken windows and bring in a crew to correct any structural damage, and even made promises to clean up the garbage. The buyer had this to say. No, 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 forget about the repairs. Because you see, when I buy this place, I'm going to build something completely different. You see, I don't want the building. I want the site. And compared with the renovation that God has in mind, you see, our efforts to improve our own lives are as trivial as sweeping a warehouse that is slated for, for the wrecking ball. You see, when we become gods, you see, the old life is over. Our old selves. All he wants is the sight and the permission to build. Through Jesus, we have been regenerated, we have been reconciled, and now we have been recruited. This is a new year, a new week. There's new opportunities. My friends, we have a clean slate. In 2023, are we going to give Jesus permission to build? We're, we're going to take a few moments in, in meditation here. What are some things that we have been wanting to change in our lives? Because we have been recruited. What could God be recruiting us for today? We have a whole bulletin board full of uh opportunities we have uh ministry teams that need members you're being recruited in what way in 2023 could uh, could we serve in a manner that uh, that's pleasing to god because he uh, because we have been re- regenerated and we have been re- reconciled now being recruited let's take a few moments